Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth peace peace to people of goodwill. goodwill. We We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, confirmed the mysteries of faith by the witness of the fathers, and wonderfully prefigured our full adoption to sonship, grant, we pray, to your servants, that listening to the voice of your beloved Son, we may merit to become co-heirs with him, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Daniel. As I watched, thrones were set in place, and one of great age took his seat. His robe was white as snow, the hair of his head as pure as wool. His throne was a blaze of flames, its wheels were a burning fire. A stream of fire poured out, issuing from his presence. A thousand thousand waited in him. Ten thousand times, ten thousand stood before him. A court was held and the books were opened. I gazed into the visions of the night, and I saw, coming on the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man. He came to the one of great age, and was led into his presence. On him was conferred sovereignty, glory, and kingship. And men of all peoples, nations, and languages became his servants. His sovereignty is an eternal sovereignty, which shall never pass away, nor will his empire ever be destroyed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. The Lord is King, let earth rejoice. Let all the coastlands be glad. 
Cloud and darkness are his raiment, his throne, justice and rights. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord of all the earth. The skies proclaim his justice, all people see his glory. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. For you indeed are the Lord, most high above all the earth, exalted far above all spirits. The Lord is King, the Most High over all the earth. Alleluia, Alleluia. This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom is all my delight. Listen to him. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone. There, in their presence, he was transfigured. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them. They were talking with him. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Lord, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when suddenly a bright light covered them with shadow. And from the cloud there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favour. Listen to him. When they heard this, the disciples fell on their faces, overcome with fear. But Jesus came up and touched them. Stand up, he said, do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus gave them this order. Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The transfiguration of Jesus is such a unique event uh, in the course of the Gospels of, you know, Peter, James and John getting taken up the mountain and, and then Jesus just changing his aspect and becoming as bright as light and talking to Moses and Elijah and the voice of God. Everything about it is is so out of the ordinary that, um, you know, the transfiguration, sometimes hard to know what to make of it. And I don't know, maybe because of the uniqueness of the event, it's easy to kind of bracket it off and go, oh, well, that's just a bit of a weird one that, that sort of stands out there on its own. And yet the transfiguration itself, it's woven intimately into the context of the gospel. Okay, yeah, what happens is is a little bit strange or a little bit out of the ordinary, but what leads up to it and what comes from it? I think that can help us to have a bit of a, a foothold into you know, what's actually going on in this moment. Now, the lectionary actually drops this little introduction uh, from the reading, but this text actually begins with a time indicator. It says, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John. Now, whenever you get something like that, it's a clear link. Okay. We're having a reference that goes back to what happened six days before. All right, well, what was that? Well, Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi and he asks them a question. Who do people say the Son of Man is? 
And of course, you know, we get the response. Well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Uh, But you, who do you say that I am? And then Simon Peter speaks up. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Good one, Peter. You got it right. Tick to you because it's not flesh and blood that have revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. But here's the thing. Jesus goes from having accepted this great profession of faith from Peter to then telling the disciples that he's going to suffer and die. He's going to be handed, he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to hand himself over to the chief priests and the elders and the scribes and be put to death, but be raised up on the third day. And of course, what happens then? Peter starts saying, look, this must not happen. And Jesus then turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You're an obstacle in my path. You're thinking not as God thinks, but as human beings think. And like, what a spectacular turnaround from having been praised for receiving the revelation of the Father about the Son. You know, it's not flesh and blood that have revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. From having heard the voice of the Father to now being someone who doesn't think as God thinks, but as human beings do, you get a pretty strong rebuke. I mean, fancy being called Satan, right? Jesus calls you Satan? Oh my gosh, (laughs) it's pretty devastating. You go from this great profession of faith to suddenly being lined up with the wrong team. But Jesus says, look, you can't just accept this that it's going to happen to me. You also then need to accept that it's going to happen to you. If any want to become followers of mine... Let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And then we read in the gospel six days later, after this, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John. Now, I think, you know, even even just having highlighted these two events and, and pointing out that they stand next to each other and... and uh, one coming from the other, suddenly gives us a bit of an indication of, of how to interpret some of these details in the transfiguration. So Jesus, having asked this question, who do people say that I am? Well, some of them go, well, he's Elijah. Well, he's not Elijah because here he is talking to Elijah. He's not Moses because he's here talking to Moses. But instead, these two are talking to him And Jesus is the one who is transfigured. He's the one who's shining bright as light. Now, here's an important little detail about Moses and Elijah. See, these were two figures who in the Old Testament both spoke to God face to face. Moses was the one who saw God. And as a consequence of having seen God, his own face started to reflect the light of God, so much so that, you know, he had to wear a veil over his face to stop from freaking people out. Elijah also, of course, famously encounters God on Mount Sinai, you know, after he's defeated the prophets of Baal and, you know, had his real moment of crisis of faith and struggle. He, he, he gets drawn up to Mount Horeb, up Sinai, uh, and there... God reveals himself, you know, not in the earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, but but in the gentle breeze. Moses and Elijah, they both go up the mountain uh, and there encounter God and speak with God. So now look what's happening. 
Moses and Elijah up the mountain, speaking with who? With Jesus, who is shining brightly with the light of God's presence, with divinity. So, just as Moses and Elijah, they met God on mountains, now (laughs) they're meeting Jesus. So remember the question that Jesus asked the disciples six days earlier. Who do people say that I am? Well, some say, you know, Jeremiah or Elijah or one of the prophets or John the Baptist. No, wrong. No, none of those. Because Elijah refers himself to Jesus. Well, who do you say that I am? Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's not flesh and blood that have revealed this. It's the Father in heaven. And we see that happening once more as the voice of the Father declares that this is my Son, the Beloved. He enjoys my favor. Look, you've got to listen to him. Moses and Elijah listened to him. Why don't you? Because what did Simon Peter do? From having made this profession that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, he then turns around and then starts telling Jesus how it's got to be. No, you shouldn't go to Jerusalem and you shouldn't be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. You shouldn't be put to death. Heaven preserve you. None of this should come about. You know what, Peter? Stop it. (laughs) If he's the Son, listen to him. The transfiguration here is a a kind of revealing of the full impact of the profession of faith that Peter had made the first time. Yes, he is the son of the father. and, And look at what that means. He is God's holy presence. The hand of the father is clearly upon the son. And so, you know, what's going to unfold in the life of the son is going to be according to the purposes of the Father. His life isn't going to fall out of control. Um, And this is why when when Jesus says to Peter, look, you know, you're a stumbling block in my path. The way that you're thinking is not the way of the Father. It's the way that human beings think. How do you snap out of that means of thinking the way that human beings think? Well, God says, listen to my son. Now, Jesus is going to go up a new mountain. This time it's going to be the Mount of Olives. And who does he bring along with him? Peter, James, and his brother John. It's the starting point of what Jesus said was going to happen, you know, those six days before the transfiguration. And these three guys, they they got to be thinking about the transfiguration in this moment when they see Jesus' agony, don't they? Don't they? Doesn't it hit them? Maybe it doesn't. But the picture of Jesus beginning his passion and entering into this deep and difficult moment of accepting the will of the Father, of saying, well, of rejecting the way that human beings think and accepting the will of the Father, you know, Jesus enters into that agony for himself. The Jesus of the transfiguration, shining with light and glory and power, is the same Jesus who lies in the dust and prays, let it be as you, not I, would have it. And he takes up his cross. And from there, the passion, of course, leads to the resurrection, where Jesus once again shines brilliantly with light and glory and power. So you can kind of see these two moments linked 
that the transfiguration is something that leads into the passion and then prefigures the resurrection. So what's the go with the transfiguration then? Well, let me quote Pope Benedict then. Um, This is what he said uh, at an Angelus address uh, in, in 2012. Listen to this. Jesus takes three of them with him up the mountain and reveals his divine glory, the splendor of truth and of love. Jesus wants this light to illuminate their hearts when they pass through the thick darkness of his passion and death, when the folly of the cross becomes unbearable to them. God is light, and Jesus wishes to give his closest friends the experience of this light which dwells in them. After this event, therefore, he will be an inner light within them that can protect them from any assault of darkness. Even the darkest of nights, Jesus is the lamp that never goes out. St. Augustine sums up this mystery in beautiful words. He says, What this sun is to the eyes of the flesh, that is Christ to the eyes of the heart. We can be the disciples of Jesus now. We can be the ones who take up our crosses and follow him, knowing that from the experience of the transfiguration, even the depths of the passion and the hour of darkness cannot extinguish this light. We walk with this light and it shines within us so that our own sufferings, our own dark hours may not break us because we follow the sun We listen to his voice and he leads to true light and to glory. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you 
health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.